Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Seven of Swords and Trickster Gods and Goddesses. Today's show will focus on the Eight of Swords and the Battle of Actium. Myth and Tarot Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, swords, and symbols And all of the above Myth, Tarot, Love Welcome to Myth, Tarot, Love, a show about ancient stories and new aged wisdom. I'm Biddy, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Today we're talking about the Eight of Swords. Yay. It is <laughs> uh, not everyone's favorite card to no. receive, uh, but I often actually find that this card is a very common card mm. um, when I'm giving tarot readings to people. In particular, it uh, in particular, when they're asking about how to get out of a situation, um, the Eight of Swords normally will appear in either representing them mm-hmm. or like their what's on their mind. Well, uh, as <laughs> I was saying common. today, so I actually pulled this card today as my what's on my conscious mind. I'm like, yeah, no, duh, this is on my mind. We're recording it today. <laughs> so it's like, hilarious. It was very, very literal, I think, but I thought it was funny. Yeah, a very literal interpretation. What's on my mind today? The Eight of Swords. Yes, it is. No kidding. (laughs) Thank you, Tara. Yeah. It's funny how um, how sometimes it'll feel like the tarot when you're when you're giving yourself a reading, um, like it has a personality. Kind of, or it's like it's just like kind of tricksy a little, or like it wants to laugh at yourself, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, then again, I think it's also a little bit of your willingness to laugh at yourself. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. So first, before diving too much into um, the meaning of the Eight of Swords, let's mm-hmm. des- let's describe uh, the picture in the Rider Waite Smith deck. Okay. So we have. Um, I'm going to call her a woman. Uh-huh. It kind of yep. looks. It looks like a woman uh, who's standing, and she is all bandaged up. Her head is bandaged up in such a way that her eyes are also obscured, so it's like a blindfold as well. Mm-hmm. And her arms are bound uh, as well with bandages in such a way that she's unable to move. And I'm calling these bandages instead of like bounds, even though um, they are binding her definitely. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this could have been represented in by using a different kind of band like a, or like a rope or something yeah they could have like white they could have used chains they could have used right. rope but the fact that it's white and it looks like bandages to mm-hmm. me i think is very significant mm-hmm. and it's one of the first things that jumps to my mind is that this the this this card very much represents someone who considers themselves a victim mm. and um it can represent an actual victim as well yeah um but it's most often the self-inflicted victim gotcha and it's kind of a hard card to tell a person when it shows up, um, especially like this This card often shows up for me when I'm giving readings for people who've asked questions where they're trying to get like the tarot to do something for them. What do you like? So I'm just going to use like losing weight <laughs> as an example, right? So if someone asks a, a, the tarot question like, oh, um, you know, tarot help me lose weight. This, oh, this card okay. might show up as saying, hey, you're considering yourself to be a victim here. Mm. Um, and it, <laughs> Don't. <laughs> well, like, it's, it's more saying that um, you have more control in this matter than you, might feel, okay. than you might think. Gotcha. 
right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's just kind of one example, but mm -hmm. uh, the first one that came to mind, but there's there's definitely a lot of cases where this sort of thing can come up, right? Where right. Um, a person feels really stuck and they want someone to come rescue them. Well, the char this card normally has the message of saying, you're the only one who can rescue you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yep. So, unfortunately, it's not a Dusex Machina card. No, no <laughs> God is going to come and help you out here. Yeah, this, this, card, this card is very much um, about the idea you need to do it yourself, but uh, it has other meanings as well. So, mm -hmm. let's continue to look at the card. So, first we have the woman who's got all these bandages, and her bandages are what is binding her and also blinding her. Um, so it's kind of like the thing that she's using to heal herself is also preventing her from moving forward, which mm -hmm. I think is a really powerful image yeah, in it. Definitely. And that's why I bring attention so much to the fact that I, I see these as bandages and not as rope or chains. Gotcha. Um, and then on her left side, you have three swords that are standing, two that look like they are next to her, like, like immediately next to her and one that's in the foreground. You have the woman standing in what looks like some sort of dried up pond or dried up lake yeah. of some sort. And what's interesting about her feet is that one foot is standing in water mm. and one is on land. Um, but the water being all kind of dried up, it's kind of muddy and it's also stagnant. Um, and so once again, I have the image of uh, another card, another eight of, of uh, something that yeah. had a lot of stagnancy in it. Um, and that was the Eight of Cups. If you remember, there was a lot of swamp swamp area around. Mm -hmm. um, similarly, we have this, but... But we've seen this before, too. Is it the Star card? Like, in the Major yes, Arcana? Yes, Arcana, we've, we've seen, seen this it. twice before, having a woman standing one foot on land and one foot in the water. Mm. One is the Star card. Yes. And the other <laughs> is also Temperance. Oh, okay. So... I think in this case, I'm very much reminded of Temperance a little bit mm. more than the star because in the star, um, that woman was a lot more free than in right. in Temperance, right? In Temperance, there was a lot more sense of control and, and holding everything in, but as well as balance. And that's one of the symbols of having one foot on water and one foot on land as well is this idea of balancing the mind with emotions. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I also find it interesting that it's the left foot that's in the water as well because yeah. the left foot tends to be one more of um, the way that a person is emotionally drawn like the left side of their their body tends to be the emotions mm -hmm. side and the right side tends to be like the logic side um, just in symbols <laughs> when we look at symbols of things yeah. right mm -hmm. um, yeah so so it's interesting that it is her left foot which is representing her emotions which is stuck in this kind of muddy swampy um, water and then her right foot is on the land um, and then to her right you have six no wait five five swords I apparently can't count mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah you have five swords and um, these all look to be like they are next to her and what's really cool about the way that they are positioned is behind those swords you have a castle and it kind of looks, the way that they've been placed, it kind of looks like the castle's been caged in, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and castles often represent, like, high society, but also, um, like, so just society in general, mm -hmm. um, as well as culture and um, 
like all, all things human, basically, right? So I feel very much like there's a sense of um, being caged in by society, caged in by expectations, perhaps. Mm. Um, or could it be caged out because she's on the outside of it? She's Why actually, like, she's right next to it. She's, okay. like, among the cage, mm, okay. right? So it's it's possible that she is part of the cage of of society. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's part of that whole idea of binding herself. Right. Um, and so all of these are very much coming together to make this the symbol of her being really trapped. There's, when you, when you look at it, she seems like there's no way she can escape. Like, you might at first think there's no way she can escape because if she were to... Um, fall, you know, she's on uneven ground. If she were to fall, she might pu- easily puncture herself. But at the same time, these swords could easily be used to free her as well. Yeah. And that's a very common theme in this card is this idea that the sword is both something that traps you and something that frees you, mm. uh, depending on how you use it. Mm-hmm. Um, the sky behind every behind her is also very gray. Um, gray are colors of melancholy as well as of, of kind of neutrality. It's not really, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just somewhere in the middle, right? So we have, we have a lot, um, we have a few symbols. So let's just talk about this. So the fact that we have the one foot in on land and one foot on water talks about balance, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, it's talking back to, um, to the star, and but also temperance. So with the star, we learned the value of faith, and with temperance, we learn uh, the value of not going overboard, mm-hmm. <laughs> reining things in, um, having a calm mind, and being at peace. And all of these are very much, I think, the 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 idea that you need to be using the swords for good. So we're looking at what is good about the swords, right? Um, so the sword suit has a lot to do with logic, co- clarity of mind, clarity of thought, um, as well as truth, and uh, and there's a little bit of power involved in there too, right? There's a lot of power involved in truth and, um, and doing things not necessarily emotionally, but in a well-thought-out manner um, so that you can make the best decision. Uh, so all of these... All of these are very much coming forward, and like I mentioned before, like she is very she's she's kind of a victim in this card, but she's also able to free herself because she has eight swords all around her, and if she were to use them delicately and not necessarily throwing herself all around, like if she were mm-hmm. to get if she yeah. were, <laughs> if she get if she lets her emotions get the better of her in this situation, she can get more hurt. She can easily yeah. die as well, mm-hmm. right? She could, um, her, you know, she wouldn't maybe not be trapped anymore, but it's it's not for the better. Yeah. Um, but if she were to use her mind and be very gentle and delicate, um, having that virtue of temperance, um, she could easily free herself and. Uh, be be on her way and get out of this situation. So is that kind of the message then? Yeah, that's very much the message here. Um, so let's talk more about when this card shows up. So I've, I've mentioned that this card often shows up as what's on a person's mind, or it could also represent the person. I've seen this, sh- this card show up a lot as representing a person. Um, when it represents a situation, it's, it's kind of self-explanatory of yeah. like what it's telling you you need to do. Um, 
And also when it shows up as, like, an obstacle, it, uh-huh. it's, like, this card is, all by its nature, already an obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also a helper. Yeah, because right? it's telling you how you can get out of that situation. Yeah, so um, in general, though, if this card shows up for you in a reading, it means that the 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 seeker who's asking the question might not have necessarily looked at everything from a logical perspective. They might be thinking very much with their emotions and maybe letting fear and anger get the better of them in that particular situation. And that's, uh, this, this card can show up as a warning for that, that if you let fear and anger and kind of the, the negative aspects of the sword get the better of you, then... Uh, or also greed. Greed is definitely among them, right. <laughs> as we looked at last week with the Seven of Swords. Mm-hmm. If you let these emotions get the better of you, this is what's only going to tight, like tighten those ba- bonds and trap you even more, or worse, um, make your situ- like, situation even make worse. your situation even worse. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. So uh, it's a very common card though to show up. I think mostly because sometimes people do. Um, go to tarot to solve their problems. Basically <laughs> <laughs> saying, yep, you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, so sometimes people will see this and be like, okay, yeah, I know there's a problem, but it it is meant to be, um, it is meant to be a helpful card, not just telling you what you already know. <laughs> and it does indicate, like, I would say the most positive aspect of this card is that it is indicating that there's something you are overlooking. Mm. Um, once again, I, I, bring attention to the fact that the character on this card is blindfolded and she could easily take off the blindfold. So this is also kind of going back to the two of swords as well, right? um, When you are getting stuck in the swords, it's normally because of ignorance. Mm, There's a lot of blinded people in the swords. There are, yeah. Um, Which isn't good when you have swords all around you. Exactly. Um, When you have swords all around you, Having more swords isn't necessarily better. Yep. <laughs> Having more power isn't necessarily better. Um, it's all about how you use the sword, which isn't meant to be as much of a euphemism as it sounds like. <laughs> so I'm smiling and I'm like, <laughs> of course, yeah, of course. All right, so um, you had a situation from the classic stories. I do, yes. Um, so that you would fit this situation. Yes, I hope. Fingers crossed. I, I hope it fits pretty well. Um, and this is actually a real story. With real people. <laughs> uh, with real people, a real historical event. And yes, definitely has to do with, you know, getting out of a sticky situation, um, mm-hmm. being trapped. But if you open your eyes, you can see your way out, out of it. Yeah, so. just by looking at things from another perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I definitely feel, I'll say it off the bat now, that way when I'm you know, telling the story, kind of see where I'm going with this, but I feel like Antony, because I'm talking about the Battle of Actium, is Mm -hmm. definitely kind of this figure who's trapped, trapped, yeah, and Cleopatra's kind of the one to be like, okay, let's lift, lift the blindness and let's, let's get out of this situation. Trapped by his own victimhood. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, the Battle of Actium was the final war in the Roman Republic, and it was between Octavian, later later known as Augustus, the first emperor of Rome, we've talked about him before. Uh, versus in the emperor card, in the, exactly in the <laughs> as the emperor, um, and he's battling against Mark Antony and Cleopatra. Right. So the date of this battle is the second of September, thirty-one BCE. So it's cool because now we have like exact dates. 
This is when it happened. (laughs) This is the date it happened. This is exactly when it happened. Yep. Um, This was a sea battle that took place in Actium, hence the name, um, which is located kind of on the western side of Greece, Mm -hmm. um, near the entrance to the Ambracian Gulf. So that'll come back later. Um, But first, of course, some background info, because it'll help everything hopefully make more sense. Everything come together. (laughs) Exactly. So um, Octavian and Antony, I'll refer to um, Augustus as Octavian here, because he wasn't emperor yet and hadn't changed his name yet. So just for simplicity's sake. Okay, so so he was Octavian first, and then... And then, and then he, he became it. Augustus. Exactly. Okay. Um, so Octavian and Antony had actually been on the same side um, at one point. Octavian, again, was the grand nephew of Julius Caesar and his adopted son upon his death. And Mark Anthony was actually friends with Caesar, um, as was Cleopatra, but maybe a little more so since they had, you know, a child together. Yeah. <laughs> Different kind of friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of friend. A friend with benefits. Friend with benefits, yep. Yeah. Um, so Octavian and Antony were even politically tied and made up two-thirds of the second triumvirate, um, whereby Octavian held control of Italy and Rome, and Antony was going to control of the East, and this kind of included Greece and Egypt, but more as an alliance. He didn't actually control Egypt, because that was Cleopatra's job. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I'm not going to go into super detail here on how their relations went bad, but basically each side in the end wanted each other out of the picture. There was a big propaganda kind of battle going on. Um, they all wanted power for themselves? They all, yes and no. So, um, what, sorry. Um, they... They didn't, they didn't. Like, I think Antony was, was perfectly happy having the power that he had, mm-hmm. but Octavian saw it as more of a threat. And oh, so he saw them as, like, possibly stealing his power. Yeah, yeah. coming after him. Um, but because Octavian couldn't exactly say that Antony, he couldn't exactly declare war mm-hmm. on Antony because he was a Roman citizen, so instead he declared war on Cleopatra. That was the only way that he could kind of get away with it. Yeah, and Antony cool. and Cleopatra, they were tight. They, yeah, they also had kids together. They also had kids together. <laughs> yep, because uh, we talked about her... We talked about her briefly when we were talking about Octavia, right? Yes, yeah. His... yeah. The the Queen of Pentacles. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, exactly, there we go. I'm like, I think, I, saw, I think she was a queen. Yeah. Um, yes, so... Sorry. Uh, So Antony knew that things were kind of coming to a head, and so he and his fleet decided to winter in Greece. Um, He wanted to invade Italy, um, but Octavian's fleet was kind of already there, which left them, um, which kind of left the initiative in Octavian's hands then, because they're like, okay, well, we can't invade Italy. We're going to stay about here over the winter, Um, but because of this, when the battle did occur, his boats were in less than ideal fighting condition, because they just Mm -hmm. kind of had been stagnant for a while. So, Marcus Agrippa, um, Octavian's right-hand man, and a great military man and strategist, also came into the picture at this point. Um, He actually ended up raiding the south of Greece, which threatened Antony's supply lines, and leaving him not in the greatest position, because he couldn't invade Italy, like we said before, but he also couldn't retreat now. So again, this is where that kind of stuck energy is starting. Yeah, where he started Um, feeling trapped. He started feeling trapped, exactly. So at this, I think about this point in in 
like the spring-ish of 31, Cleopatra then comes with some of her troops um, to, dis to the dismay of some of Antony's allies, and some of them actually decided to leave because they thought that, you know, woman, it's not kind of her place to be there. And she's like, well, swine. yeah, it's like, well, if I'm sending my troops, I'm going to come there too. <laughs> oh, so dear. put up with it or leave. And some of them left. Um, and it was at this point too, that Cleopatra insists on making an escape plan. Um, she also decided to move their troops to Actium so that Octavian, um, so that if Octavian was moving his troops, they could detect him. So again, just that kind of clearer thinking mm -hmm. there. Um, yes. So where am I? Um, so in the summer, there were various engagements um, between both sides, but most of them went pretty badly for Cleopatra and Antony. Um, but then on September the 2nd, the winds came in from the north, greatly helping Octavian and Agrippa. Mm -hmm. um, they also had better trained forces and spies, um, and so their victory was pretty much almost certain. Um, when the naval forces did engage, Octavian and Agrippa's forces went head-to-head -head with Antony's, while Cleopatra's uh, was in charge of 60 ships at the rear of the battle kind of thing, and yeah. near the mouth of the um, Ambrasian Gulf. So, um, but this actually was kind of more of a vantage point, almost, um, so that she can see, if she could see an opening, and she did, um, when the wind was favorable, she kind of moved her ships through the fighting zone, and headed south towards the Pel Peloponnese, and then to Egypt. So kind of like a fleeing yep. maneuver? <laughs> kind of like, kind of definitely like fleeing. <laughs> <laughs> but she was able, again, to kind of see her way out of this kind of stuck situation. Yeah, so she she positioned herself so that she could see what was happening better yes. so and pick her time. Pick her timing, use it wisely, definitely. Because yeah. uh, she could see that they were not doing well at all. And Antony um, also saw this happening and went after Cleopatra and boarded her ship to be like, okay. Yeah, so that they were both <laughs> She's out, then I guess I need to get out as well. Um, so even though they did escape with their lives, did their lives did not last much longer. Um, but the Romans saw these events as treachery on the part of Cleopatra and, uh, sorry, I thought this was funny, a love-struck stupidity on Antony's. Um, but it's more likely that Cleopatra just realized that she was in no position to defend Egypt where she was, yeah. and she always put that above everything else. So, because Egypt was her realm, exactly. Yeah. And even after this, Antony definitely was more played the victim. He didn't want to talk to Cleopatra for a while. He was, I don't know, embarrassed or whatever it was, broody <laughs> about everything. And then, yeah, well, he, he pretty much lost and needed he, her help he, to flee. Yep, yeah. So, yeah. that doesn't tend to look favorably on the Romans, not so much, yeah, or just on him, yeah, in general. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that is the battle. So it's interesting because it, it's like it's a good thing he was able to recognize at, during that moment of clarity mm -hmm. uh, that Cleopatra was was his best way to survive it. Yes, at least exactly. At least mm -hmm. he was able to kind of pull the blindfold up and be like, okay, I'm not just gonna sit here and just completely be, like, they were defeated, but to be, like, completely annihilated. Um, but he did get himself into that situation of can't kind of move forward, can't move back. 
Yeah. Stuck in with literally swords all around him. So I think what's really interesting for this, um, like just looking, so I'm, I'm looking at this story kind of from a tarot perspective, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think what's really interesting about this story is it reminds me a lot of the, one of the lessons from the Four of Swords, mm. right? So there's a lesson of the Four of Swords, a lesson of the Two of Swords, and they combine um, to make the Eight of Swords. Oh. So I thought that was kind of an interesting <laughs> little thought. And this is, how, this is where I'm seeing it. So the, four, the lesson of the Four of Swords was to retreat, mm -hmm. right? Um, or a strategic retreat, if you will. Right. And, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. And is, the lesson of the is. Two of Swords was to not be blinded by ignorance. Mm -hmm. um, and it's coming together in, in order, in, in the Eight of Swords, where you're using the power of the swords for good, this, uh, like, focusing on the lessons that have been learned in the past. Right. Right? Right. So le the learning of that sometimes a strategic retreat is your best, best means of going forward. Mm -hmm. And also... Um, the removing of the blindfold from the the two of swords, the yeah. the need to see clearly, and uh, it, using both those those uh, as a, a way of getting out of your situation. So mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of that is kind of cool. Cool yeah. the way that the story kind of combines those those mm -hmm. three numbers. <laughs> oh, I hope that it worked with the eight. It does. Okay. Yeah, the eight of swords is about um, using the the powers of the swords for good. Mm -hmm in order to get out of your situation, right? Um, and most of the time, this this card does show up for the person who is considering themselves to be the victim, like, like Mark yeah. Anthony, right? Um, uh, and not all, like, that person isn't always a victim, but normally that person doesn't put themselves into this position. Right, right, yeah. So I think that's one of the, the ways that this story also is very Eight of Swords-like, is mm -hmm. that... You're not putting yourself into this situation, but you do have to be the one to get yourself out of it. Out of it. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of the hard lessons of uh, tarot as well, or of this particular card in tarot, is that even if you aren't responsible for the mess that you're in, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you're not responsible for getting yourself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. yeah. Hard, hard life lessons there. Yeah. We're so apt to want to blame others for our mess and mm -hmm. find a scapegoat. And um, instead of just taking responsibility and making the best of it. Especially because <laughs> even if we blame someone else, it's still up to us to fix the situation. Exactly. So even if it is someone else's fault, that yeah. doesn't mean that they're, they're going to be the ones to fix it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, or, you know, if it is their fault, do you trust them to fix yeah. it? <laughs> Maybe that's a better, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Like if they're the ones that got you into this mess, mm -hmm. um, you know, learn from, learn from the mistake, find a way to, perhaps not get into that situation again with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that doesn't mean that it's not up to you to get yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. So it's a, yeah. it's a, not a sad card, but like a difficult card to get, but I think at least it does talk about like, you can get yourself out. You just have to be kind yeah. of smart about it. Yeah. And that's one of, I think that's the most positive thing about this card mm -hmm. is that it always, it, it always means that you are the one that has to get yourself out of this, but it also means you can get yeah. yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. um, there are eight swords around this person who is bound up like a victim, and any one of those swords could yeah. be used. But she can also, she doesn't have any in front of her or behind her, so she could really just step forward and be free. This is true, too. Yeah, she could easily just, there, there are several ways that she could free herself from this mm -hmm. situation. Um, the only way that 
she doesn't free herself is if she stays where she is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hard life lessons. <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm just, I'm always so struck by the imagery of the fact that it's bandages. Mm-hmm. The, the very thing that she's, you know, wrapped around herself to, or that someone has wrapped around her as a yeah. way of healing her, mm-hmm. is the thing that is what's holding her back. Yeah. And blinding her. Yeah, so I think that's very human nature-like as well. Definitely. To look at that. Like, we're so so often the things that we think are helping us are actually what's holding us back. And that might be another thing. Like, if this card shows up as the conclusion for, like, in for a tarot reading, I would probably say that might be one of your final thoughts um, more than anything. Just, like, mm-hmm. you know, keep... Think about what it is that's helping you. Is it help? Is it helping you for real, or is it, you know, an excuse to yeah. not move, move move forward from where you are? Anyways, well, that's a good time. way to end. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of, oh, well, that's our yeah. episode for this week. Yeah. Um, next week, we're going to be looking at the Nine of Swords. You know, there's a there's two more hard lessons to learn with the Swords. The sword suit. Um, I mentioned before that the swords is a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like when we reflect on it, it starts with so much hope with that ace of swords, so much hope for glory. And there's definitely glory to be won but in not the right swords. Now. <laughs> but there's, a, I would say that the swords definitely have some of the most um, difficult and difficult lessons to learn, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are any less important. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those hard lessons are the ones that you need to hear the most. Mm-hmm. And live through the most. Yes, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> till then. Cheery note. Till then. Thank yeah. you, everyone, so much, as always, for listening. Really, really appreciate it. And you? We are loving hearing your comments and what you think of our show. Um and also reading your emails. It's been great. Yes. So if you'd like to get in touch with us, um, again, we're just at Myth Tarot Love on Instagram. We have our Facebook group. Um, we are on Patreon. So if you'd like to support us, you can do it for just $1 an episode. Very easy to do. That's patreon.com slash Myth Tarot Love. How else can you get in touch with us? Buy us a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Buy us a coffee uh, through Patreon. No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, we, yeah, I'm going to try, I keep saying this, I'm going to be more active on Instagram. I promise I will. <laughs> I'm going to start doing stories. Now that I say this on here, I will start. Now it's a, now, now it's I a have thing. To. It's a thing. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, and em- sorry. Embody, either. embody the, the, you know, the spirit of the Eight of Swords. <laughs> yes, and it's a new moon, too, it is so a new moon today, maybe. Yeah. Well, new moon. Um, my intention. This week. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, generally, by the way, guys, uh, as of before my final words of wisdom, uh, generally the new moon is thought to be a time of new beginnings as well. So that's why Biddy was talking about the new moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So our words of wisdom come from the American Tarot Association. Anger, aggression, haste, and excessive force will only make your situation worse. So let them go and accept the mental clarity and peace that the sword suit idealizes. With that new and perfect vision, you should be able to see the way out of every problem that you encounter.
talk about stories, swords, and symbols, and all of the above.